You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Hello and welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. What's going on? <laughs> oh, Grump, what's going on? Happy uh, happy Thursday. Uh, still recovering from Monday night from the lack of sleep and uh, ready to put away Cowboy Week and, and let's start focusing on the future. But another very winnable game for the Giants coming up this weekend. But before yeah. we talk about that, you know, we are recording this on Thursday night and right in the middle of the Thursday night game. And uh, there's some kind of developing news going on that we, we have to discuss. Yeah, the, the Tua injury, obviously. I Just keep talking. Just keep going with it and talk about it. Yeah. I mean – by now, you all know the story. You know how Tua clearly had concussion-like symptoms on Sunday, went off. The Dolphins' independent doctors decided that, uh, no, it wasn't a concussion. It was a previously existing back injury, sent him back out into the game. Now, on a short rest on a Thursday, he's out here again, takes a pretty big hit, and like his whole arms and, and hands seized up. It was very scary and very frightening. And, you know, just another example of this league, you know, just optics-wise, doesn't appear to care about player injury or player safety. And, you know, they, they're doubling down and making it worse because if you watch the halftime show, not one of the talking heads alluded to the injury the prior week. You know, they gave you the... You know, the basic, oh, you know, our thoughts and prayers, worried about the family, it's a tough game, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, when you have on the panel Ryan Fitzpatrick, who went to Harvard, Tony Gonzalez went to Cal, Richard Sherman went to Stanford. These are smart guys, very intelligent people. And they're not saying the obvious, what everybody's thinking. And they also scroll through Twitter during the game. They know the temperature of what the fans are thinking. For them not to say anything just tells me one thing, that this league muzzled them and gave them a gag order not to talk about this. And if that's the case, this is one gutless league and just shameful league where they're just doubling down on this, you know, it doesn't matter, just play. You know, as long as people watch and people gamble and we have ratings and advertisers, who cares about players? And it's... I, I really hope that the hammer comes down on, you know, the Dolphins. We get to the bottom of, you know, you know, was it just a bad job by the doctors? Were they pressured by the doctors to have to a play? Uh, I don't know, but it stinks to high heaven. You know, a, a league that finds players for not having their socks uh, hiked up all the way to their knee, but this type of nonsense happens. It's just disgusting. So I hope this is something that uh, – you know, is investigated fully and gets the attention it deserves because, you know, as much as I love football and Grump loves football and all you guys do, you know, we don't want to see people getting hurt and hurt badly and seriously hurt. And this disregard for players is ridiculous in 2022. So this is kind of like a, a this is really weird, right? So this is, mm. 
this whole situation and what happened last week looked a lot like what happened to Daniel Jones in the Dallas game last year. He had a head-to-head collision with, with safety, I forget his name, um, and he, he got up and he was all wobbly, went right back down, was foaming at the mouth, and there was like a lot of hubbub about that. There was a lot of, I mean, it he was taken out of the game, did not return, and um, he played the next week, and you and I had the conversation in there about why is he playing? And you criticized the coaches. And I actually defended them because this is one of the things I always thought that the NFL did right. Um, And I I think that the protocol and enforcing non-team and non-NFL doctors to make the determination on when a player does and doesn't have a concussion is a pretty good thing because it takes the coach entirely out of it and it takes the player entirely out of it the players wishes do not matter they have to go through this protocol so i always thought that this was really good and to me i i I defended that now what's interesting is that in this way it was it, it were it backfired right because 30 years ago if you saw what happened to tua on the field last week that coach takes him out that doctor sits him He's not going in the game again. And after only four days, three days rest, he's not playing again. Well, th- th- that wouldn't, this, in this case, him passing, somehow passing the concussion protocol or, or never being treated as a concussion, this skirted the whole system somehow. Right. Well, well, first of all, 30 years ago, they'd call you a big pussy for not going back in. So I, mean, <laughs> I, I guess, but I'm just saying the, before it, the protocol was put into place, I think everybody's eye test can tell you that he is he's not good um, and that that was a serious injury. Yeah. I, I don't know that on three days, a couple of – the concussion protocol is not that old either. I mean we don't have to go back past the year 2000 to – Yeah, 10, 15 years the most. But I think back in the old days, you know, if we're going back you know, 20, 30, 40 years, you know – uh, these guys always play with concussions. It was kind of like a, if you can, if Man, you can walk. You're missing the yeah. point. Come on, I, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just, I'm just saying, the, and we, we have this sophisticated way of of making sure that concussed people, when the fucking eye test is good enough in this scenario, right? But we we, we, we weaponized this 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 but thing if we're to like it get someone by to play. saying, if we're getting around it by saying, oh. That was a previous back injury. Well, okay, so that's my point. That, there, there's a the huge point. breakdown yeah. here. There needs yeah. to be, and there should have been in a, a immediate investigation last week. Right. Uh, it, this should have happened before the game was even scheduled to play. They should have at least had a quick initial report that reported if there was anything culpable that should intervene before the game. Well, before and the other thing, too, is we call it independent doctors. What does that mean, independent? I mean, somebody's paying them. The team, or the league? I mean, I I, I don't. It, they're not doing they're a not, pro bono. I can guarantee that. No, they're so, not. They get paid. That doesn't mean that the NFL has to shell out the money for it. I mean, they well, could, somebody's paying them. And they so, could pay into a, it. It could get routed another way, where the money goes through another party and comes from some kind of thing, or it could come from the NFL's like. Um, I mean, I don't fucking know, but it could. You know how the 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 fines they collect for all the horse shit. They don't right. keep that money. That all right. gets donated out. It right. can come but, from that pot. I don't know. I just don't know how independent these guys truly are. Because if some way the money's coming from the, the league or the team, and if it's routed 12 ways into their pocket, there's still a financial interest, you know, 
And well, there, yeah, there's a financial interest, but there's no way for them to non-transparently. What, what are they going to do? Threaten to take the money away? How would they do that without it being transparent? Uh, I don't know. Not, if I they're mean, not being paid directly, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know how I don't know how they can use that as a threat in any way. Like it's like, oh, we're not going to pay you unless you do what we say. We're not paying, but just like you know, I'm paying for something. This is the result I want. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just or it, what? It, like it's the, they're not their employees, is what I'm saying. Like they can pay a hospital to then have like whatever. So then you're saying that the hospital is now in on it with the NFL. I don't know. I so just whenever that's. I mean, that's the. I mean, it's not impossible. Well, let's but do, it, it is well, kind of like Occam's Razor. I always go back to Occam's Razor. What seems like the most likely thing that happened? That doctors who are so incredibly incompetent that even the eye test said that they may not have a concussion. We're not going to look at it. Or well, do you think that maybe the team doctors influenced those doctors? Is what I was thinking. I think either the team doctors or team front offices or team owners or the NFL or something did. I don't know. Tua, it's messed up, though. Tua on the field is a lot more viable for this league, and there's a lot more eyeballs going to the league than watching Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, if they can – the excuse that this is an old back injury, that's why he's hit, has his hands on his head, that's why he's walking wobbly. That's what happened here, you know, the results of, you know, this hit on top of the other one, which, you know, caused his hands to seize – don't give me back injury. I mean, it just it just seems very very fishy. No, that's um that's called the fencing position. That's a sign of loss of consciousness, or at least I, I think that's what people are mm-hmm. saying. So I mean, like, I I don't know. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it it didn't pass the smell test. It didn't pass the eye test, and somehow it managed to skirt past the sophisticated system of tests that were implemented. Uh, yeah. So something broke down there, and to me, I don't think it's on a grander scale like you're thinking. I mean, I, I definitely think the NFL in a panic move probably called in and were like, please, not at the halftime show, whatever. I, I, that I find likely. No, um, absolutely. But I, I, I think that the, the independent doctors were maybe bullied or bullied into being like they have no jurisdiction over a previous injury. Uh, and this is previous injury. He says it's his back. It's his back. It's not his head, whatever. I, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but, but even then, no, I, I – even then, like there's times when – isn't there like an independent doctor in New York that calls in and will stop play on the field? I don't know. Like there was – I don't know. The whole thing fucking broke down. There should have been an investigation immediately before yeah. this game even was played. It's really fucked up for the player and uh, I, mean, the, I, I the, hope for the best for the, him uh, it's messed up. The, the union filed a grievance about it and it's just like what are we going to figure this out at the end of the season when the guy's life is potentially at risk? It's just – the whole thing just stinks. It really does – and it doesn't matter what team he's on or, or, you know, whether you like the guy or not. This, this is the last thing you want to see is, you know, forget that, forget that he's a real talent. His career might be in jeopardy. The guy's life could be at jeopardy. And it's just not worth it. And hopefully something will be done where to prevent something as, you know, as smell testy as this doesn't happen again. Yeah. I, I, yeah. If if there wasn't already like an emphasis put on concussions, if if the NFL were just still ignoring it, I would almost not have a problem with this. But they they acknowledged it, so mm-hmm. now you have to abide by it. So yeah, um, yeah, messed up on the on the injury front though. Heading on to Sunday, um, Giants and Bears. Not good news for Giants. Mm-hmm. 
Not no at bueno. All. Um, Sterling Shepard, obviously big one. That's huge. Uh, headed to headed to IR. I believe he already moved to IR. Yes. Um, Leo was really, really badly missed last week, and he's going to be badly missed again this week if he can't go. Um, you know, he's a dude who I don't think has ever missed a game due to injury, so he just missed his first last week. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really imagine someone missing two in a row, I guess, when they have a returnable injury in a short amount of time kind of situation like that. But so I mean, Dan Duggan says it's it's an uphill battle, but possible. I mean, it sucks. Like, don't worry about the number of sacks he has or, or, you know, tackles behind the line of scrimmage. It's the fact that the guy draws tension. He draws double teams. And, you know, it sucks that a lot of people were like, well, where was uh, where was Kayvon Thibodeau and where was uh, Ojolari in the pass rush and everything? Well, again, the main guy clogging the middle who, who gets some attention, who frees up these guys was not there. So, you know, we still have not seen this defense at full capacity and – feeding off the strengths of each other. So that's still going to take a hit. And um, we just have to wait for him to get healthy. And like we said uh, on the episode, what was that, yesterday? Um, <laughs> Feels like it. Yeah. Um, Aziz and Kayvon, that was their first game back from injury. It was Kayvon's exactly. first game ever. Um, I, I, they, they are going to get a little bit better. And it was clear that Leo was missed. So it doesn't really matter what his numbers were. I mean, the right, exactly don't lie in terms of just the team defense when he's not on the field. Um, that's going to be important this week because uh, Bears can't really throw the ball. But, man, right. can they run. Um, some better news, I guess, maybe. Well, continuing the bad news, I'm still not seeing anything further from Kadarius Toney, uh, Wandell Robinson either. Cordell Flott, you know, su- suffered some kind of injury during the game last week, I guess, and he's now on a scooter, so he's not looking likely in any capacity. Um, but Aaron Robinson, I think, was listed as limited, so yes, I guess he that's was. possible, uh, and that would be that would be pretty big. I mean, this is turning into Week 14 of last year already with these guys. They're dropping like flies, and they're in, in critical positions. Yeah, except to be fair, when you lose all your wide receivers, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I was going to say it doesn't look as bad as when you have the depth issues that they had last year on the O-line. Like, it's better wide receivers and offensive line. But, like, really, is it? Uh, it is, because at least Daniel Jones wouldn't be getting killed. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not really better. Well, I mean, it still he was sucks. he was kind of getting killed last week, you know. Granted, it was a very good defensive line and a very good second uh defense we faced, but We're going to talk about that. Yes. Um so okay, this Bears team, all right? I, I last week they played the Texans and they ran the ball all the hell over them. Mm-hmm. Uh over like just something like 281 yards of rushing. Um and with David Montgomery out, I think David Montgomery got hurt in like the first quarter and they had to go to their backup, Khalil Herbert, and he had like 157 all on his own. Justin Fields was scrambling a little bit there and picked up like 50 of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some other guy, uh, Ebner or something like that. The, I think he's from the kid from Clemson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had some yardage too. There was a big end around with Economia St. Brown. I mean, they ran all the hell over them, but they couldn't pass to save their lives. Uh, and some of that was the offensive line looked like shit. Um, 
They can run block like crazy, by the way. I don't think the running back Khalil Herbert is all that great, but I do think that watching their offensive line run block was like a thing of beauty. Like It was like exactly how you draw it up. Like It was almost like a first team playing a scout team kind of like situation of like just a demo on how plays work. Sounds like um, a game you want Leonard Williams back. Exactly my point. Um, but the flip side, the flip side is they uh, they did not look at all like that when they were pass blocking. In fact, there were similar sack and hurry numbers, uh, sack and QB hit numbers against the Texans that the Giants had against the Cowboys. So those statistics saying that the Giants and Bears have the team, the league worst team or pass blocking grade or whatever. Um, just keep in mind who we played against here. Yeah, but remember also, though, we now have three weeks of data, not just the one. And it may be skewed because this was clearly well, yeah, our worst th- th- game those against are, the Cowboys. Those are like, yeah, those are insanely bad numbers that are dragging yeah. down any statistic. Um, yeah. So, you know, we don't know shit yet. Okay, maybe the, maybe the Texans are actually a really, really good defensive front, and they're going to terrorize the rest of the league the whole way through. I don't think so, though. No. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, uh, right now in this point, I wouldn't put those two defenses as equal. And so if a team laid an egg against Dallas defense, I wouldn't necessarily blame them the same way I would if I were a Bears fan. But, you know, thinking about this defense, so um, this offensive line after three weeks, it's not been that good pass blocking against anybody, really. It was the truly No, it's the been worst. fucking terrible. But, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I have, a, the, I have this weird thing. Like, the Bears is the Giants is the Giants is the Bears. Uh, like, the, it, their situations are so close and intertwined much like your mm-hmm. your thoughts on like the gators yeah it feels like the bears are like a year or two behind the giants in their situation uh so they just they look like they passed for less than 100 yards last week yeah it's interesting it's interesting you say that because you can look at it as they're a year or two behind or they're a year or two ahead where justin fields is their quarterback and he has not been you know, usually by year two, you expect to see, you know, strides being made that, OK, this guy could be our franchise quarterback. He hasn't taken that step yet. And again, what is he working around him? Sort of like the Daniel Jones problem. But they kind of have their quarterback until they have to make a decision in a couple of years where we are pretty much at the end of the Daniel Jones era. And we have to find out who our franchise quarterback is going to be. So in some ways yeah they're a little behind us but in some ways they're a little ahead of us but either way we're both not exactly teams that should be booking any reservations for late january football anytime soon well all right let's let's talk about justin fields yeah um what have what okay so you've watched him since college Mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about what what you think about him coming out of college and what you saw your time there i think justin fields is a little bit Justin Fields in college is kind of like Daniel Jones in the NFL where, you know, he bounced around. First he was at Georgia, then he was at Ohio State, you know, different systems, completely different systems. Never has had the real, you know, year over year building on what he's learned before. Um, and he's a, he's got an, a good arm. He can move around a lot. Uh, seems to be a smart quarterback. I just think, again, kind of like Daniel Jones, doesn't have much around him to work with. Um, I Again, we're talking year two with him also, where so he still has some time to develop and, and make long-range decisions about him, where Daniel Jones, again, we're in year four. 
I wouldn't give up on him just yet, um, but they have to build around him. If, if, if that if that organization is still garbage, you know, two years from now, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you you thought so he he was kind of forced out of Georgia. Uh, not okay. real. Well, what happened was, um, I, I was surprised you went through your Justin Fields evaluation without mentioning this or clowning on Georgia. Well, what happened was, uh, that was Jake Fromm, our, uh, you know, friend of the program. He beat him out in, um, I guess fall practice and stuff. And it was just good enough to win. And then he left Georgia because he was at a baseball game and there were some racist taunts that were being said, not even necessarily at him. And he used that as the, um, the legal way to be, to transfer somewhere immediately. If you, if you're in a hostile environment, you can claim that, um, instead of having to wait a year to transfer back in the way the rules were a couple of years back, you can transfer for somebody immediately and have immediate eligibility. So he wasn't really forced out. He kind of, you know, was in an uncomfortable circumstance and he wanted to leave that school. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But the fact is, he did not beat out Jake Fromm, who, you know, we know Jake Fromm as, a, you know, someone who was clearly not an NFL quarterback, but he was a, you know, a serviceable, a little better than Stetson Bennett is now at Georgia, but a guy who, who won. Yeah. And he was a, you know, a, a pretty high recruit. Justin Fields was a five-star, you know, top five recruit in the country type of guy, where uh, Fromm was a, you know, a fringy upper four-star, low five-star guy. Still a, a good prospect, but not nearly the talent that Justin Fields had, was. Yeah. Um, and one of them was, was drafted much higher than the other, and uh, one of them still mm -hmm. has a job. Starting mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. um, but don't forget about those times that, uh, that Fromm started for us. He has some NFL starts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah, Justin Fields passed for under 100 yards last week. Um, I, I guess he had some, like, technique issues that they were trying to clean up or something. And uh, in general, he was just under pressure last week a lot. Uh, he, he did make some really good decisions. He looked good running the ball, um, I'll say, uh, tucking it and going. Um his throws looked like garbage, though. I mean, they were like all wobbly and shit. And yeah, I mean, it's we, we we can't we can't give Daniel Jones a pass for saying, oh, you know, he had no time to throw. He has no receivers, but say Justin Fields, ugh, you suck. When basically it's the same problems. But you're right. When you see ducks coming out of his hand, that's different than you know Daniel Jones just trying to survive out there. Yeah, well, I mean, for for all, for what it's worth, Danny threw uh, a. I don't even know what that it was like a pinpoint laser uh, on the run last week, like through like three sets of hands to Richie James on the sideline might've been complete fluke, but uh, for all of his running for his life, he was still throwing the ball fairly accurately. Uh, mm -hmm. Justin Fields, even in a clean pocket was throwing, like you said, ducks. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I am really worried about this running game. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't stop the run well last week. You know, we, we mentioned missing Leo, uh, and that was evident. We still don't have him, uh, and that is a problem. I'm, I guess I'm just banking on the fact that we got gashed already, maybe by a better team running the ball. That that was, you know, a good way of iron sharpening iron. You know? mm -hmm. I, 
I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for because I'm certainly not worried about Fields throwing the ball or us blitzing him because they truly can't pass block at all, much in the same way that we can't. Um, and he looks very bad versus the blitz. So I'm a little bit just worried about stopping the run. And if we if we have to sit there through a short game where we're just getting the shit run all over us, that's miserable, man. Oof. It sucks. <laughs> Because it's one of the things like you just see it happening over and over, and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's 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 like de- death by paper cut. It's like it's one thing if they just bombs away and hitting forty yard bombs all the time, but when it's just like just monotonous, first down, first down, monotonous, first down. monotonous. It's third and three, can't stop them. Third and two, can't stop them. Third and nine, can't stop them. That is the worst. And um, to me, the key to this game is our running game. All right. I mean. This is where, you know, this is where Saquon Barkley really, really needs to be Saquon Barkley. Because, again, you know, we have, you know, losing Sterling Shepard really hurts. Having our little scat back guys, AWOL, really, really hurts. Um, We have to be able to run the ball. And they are going to be, again, I think, loading the box and forcing Daniel Jones to make a play. But just because he's loading the box doesn't mean we just give up on the run. Saquon Barkley, if if he truly wants to be Saquon Barkley, he has to make sometimes make something out of nothing. And we need him to step up. We need him to, you know, not dance around. You know, if he find a hole, hit the hole. You know, shimming in and out, make something out of nothing. Because if he is shut down. Like you said, this could be just a, a miserable game to watch that is just, you know, 100 punts and just, you know, tough to watch. And again, we're playing a, a pretty poor team. And that will say something about us as well. So I think my key to the game is Saquon Barkley has to have, has to, has to be the man in this game. And even though they're keying on him, he has to be effective. All right. So I, I want to hit you with this. Um, mm-hmm. There was a story out there that before his 35-yard touchdown run, uh, Daniel Jones said to him to to hit that motherfucker. Uh, and every time DJ curses, it like winds up. An angel like, gets his wings. Yeah, yeah. really. Um, <laughs> so I guess we should just when when Daniel Jones goes to sleep, you just put on like um, I don't know. What do you think? Like a George Carlin on Red like Fox. A Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Football grump. <laughs> oh God, I know I'm so bad too. Uh, it really I'm gonna start a tip bad. jar, and every time everybody out there on Twitter, every time you get an f bomb from Football Grump, we need to have a hashtag of something. No, to, uh, I'm not bad on the show because I'm conscious of what I'm saying here, and I'm trying really hard to like think it, about my words it's just before a church I say them. You have a problem. No, yeah. where I where where I'm bad is when I'm just talking, when I'm just riffing and I'm just trying to get information or whatever. So at work, I'm really really bad. The worst <laughs> place I can be is in my true emotional element, which is at a game. Um I'm I, I it's like every other word out of my mouth. Nah. Nah. I think you you're think okay. So? No. Okay. Not really. I think uh I think you're more Eddie Murphy on the show than you are at a game. Honestly, you're fine at a game. All right. Okay. It's if you haven't watched a game with the Grump, it is it is great. I mean, he he brings the. Passion. I am full fan. I I like none of this. Like I'm like even like Sunday morning. I'm waking up. I'm in fan mode. I'm not. First of all, he probably nothing. has 
he probably has two broken hands from slamming his hands on the on the seats right in front of us on every third down play, it, which is great. Someone's got to make noise. He does, yeah. I mean, the guy sitting next to me probably still is trying to get his eardrums fixed after that noise. It's it's great though. It's um, <laughs> we it's a great combination of passion and yet being able to tell you, watch how that right guard isn't pulling on this play. It it it, it usually you have all nothing with people, and he he, he does both. So. I encourage you, if you ever want to watch a game with myself and the Grump, hit us up. Give us a DM. We'll figure out where to get you a ticket. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the, I tend to sit next to – I mean, those those tickets are always somebody somebody new every week. Oh, to your left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to my left, I'm always sitting next to, like, visiting team fans. It sucks. Whoever whoever has those seats, they're just always gone. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's Giants Stadium for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so here's my other question for you. Yes. You mentioned the wide receiver room being empty. Um, what are your thoughts on playing Kenny Galladay this week? Do you feel any need to continue to sit him? Do you want to continue to play him? What, what, I don't know. Do you have thoughts? He has to play now. I mean, we are getting to the point, you know, if you have to start replacing guys that are hurt and we start losing depth, you know, Guys off the street are not going to cut it. I mean, guys like Kenny Sills are barely passable to begin with. Um, he's got talent. I mean, we're not paying this guy a lot of money because the guy has no talent. He has it. And, uh, you know, it's you've got to exhaust all options with the guy. He's on the roster. He's not going anywhere this year. You know, and even if he's not, if he's a square peg in the round hole that's this offense – you write some stuff in the dirt to get the ball to him because right now this passing game is a problem. And like I said, they are going to keep – just watch the formations. Watch the safeties. Watch how far close they are to the line of scrimmage in this game. They're going to dare Daniel Jones and dare the receivers to make a play. And he's a big guy. So you have to play him in spite of him. Whether much you hate the guy or you know whatever you think of his is, is, – worth ethic or even the fact he dropped balls last week because an unmotivated Kenny Galladay is still better than some guy who's bagging groceries right now. I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, To me, you know, I agree that this game has to hinge on Saquon Barkley. That was your key to this game. I'm going to agree with you entirely. I I have run baby run is my, uh, my notes here. Um, (laughs) this team they they play defense rushing four guys you know they play too high safety um they're gonna stack the box so and i think they're gonna start stacking the box right from the beginning of the game and they're gonna only stop when we make them stop so that means they're gonna have to pass to open up the run they're gonna have to show that daniel jones is going to push the ball and that means a talented guy like kenny galladay can't sit we're beyond the petty shit now we have we have too many starters injured gone and we didn't have enough starters to begin with uh so this darius slayton sitting on the bench i don't know how this dude has gone from a rookie phenom who was like a draft diamond in the sixth round to suddenly not even earning playing time but this has got to stop uh i know that we're not measuring this in terms of wins and losses but this is now at the point where well, we can't even measure an offense's development because we have such shit at wide well that's, that you just nailed it i mean there's two ways is there's one thing to say well you know the playoffs are a pipe dream but it's also 
you know, you don't want this thing to spiral out of control and become a repeat of last year because you saw what happened last year. It got so out of control that a coaching staff got fired from it. Now, they're not going to fire these guys after one year if we turn to complete shit like that, but I've been harping all offseason that this coaching staff is trying to establish a new culture. And that culture is playing for 60 minutes, playing for meaningful games. And if you start losing now, you know, it's human nature that you're going to get start to get tuned out and you don't want that. Now, granted, a lot of this roster will not be here next year and the year after, and probably nobody on this roster with exception of maybe one or two people will be here when this team eventually becomes a playoff team. But still, you want to develop something when people come in here, they know what they're getting themselves into, not, you know, just this dark chasm of garbage that this team has become. So, so would you be worried that playing Kenny Galladay, who maybe is lazy in practice, then overwrites the culture you're trying to establish? So what do you do? I think you uh, <laughs> I, I, I think trying to be competitive is the, the fastest way to develop a culture. I mean, a guy like Kenny, I mean, we don't, we don't know for sure what Kenny Galladay is or isn't doing in practice. You're right. You're I mean, absolutely right. We, we are conjecturing conjecturing. Conjecturing. We are hypotheticalizing. Uh, this is that, all conjecture. This is all conjecture. Thank you so much, sir. This is all conjecture that we think that he's in a doghouse for being lazy. We don't know that. It could just be we like we don't know that Blake Martinez was being lazy or Logan Ryan was being lazy. We just know it was oil and vinegar. Is that right? Or no, they just did. well, yeah. I guess it would be. Well, yeah, I think or, yeah, oil and water is really or cool. oil and water, and they, they were gone. You know, they can't do that with Kenny Galladay, but we don't know the reason why. So let's, you know, if it was a, it was a, it was an issue of just being lazy or stuff, he probably wouldn't be on the field last week. I mean, maybe you take it at his at his word that they just weren't. He just didn't. He was outplayed during practice the weeks before. I tend to doubt that, but who knows. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if he's dropping balls. I guess he is outplayed, right? Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, the, the proof's who, in the pudding. Who am I to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, David Sills versus Kenny Galladay on paper doesn't sound like a, uh, you know, a real competition. But you know, Kenny Galladay, you're right, was dropping balls and just was being ineffective. All right, so hit me with a prediction. How do you think this game's gonna go? <sighs> I, I think this team still. Plays for its coaches very hard. Um, Chicago's very bad. And I think at least, like to your point about Justin Fields versus um, Daniel Jones, that Daniel Jones, from what we can tell about him, is taking steps to be a better quarterback in this league. He's making smarter decisions. He's not just putting the ball up for grabs. He's not throwing ducks. I think that slight difference between him and Justin Fields is enough in a game like this. Um, I think that the running game, I think it'll be a lot like last week where our running game, because they're trying to stack the box, you know, if you look at the first half stats are not going to be, you know, pretty at all. But I think, you know, I think in the third quarter, you know, we'll be able to start running the ball a little more and a little more and a little more. Um, I think this will be low scoring and ugly, but I think at the end we have more talent than Chicago. I think we will win low scoring, ugly, 
14-10. Yeah, I uh, I also think this is going to be low-scoring, ugly, shitty. I just think we're better. Um, I, I think that in terms of a team, we are a year ahead of where they are. I don't know where they are with their quarterback situation, their coach front office situation. But right now, talent-wise, I think they're in many ways as devoid as we are, but we're... I don't know. Uh, I I like what we're doing in, in in some places here. I think I think we have some good talent from this past draft. Who I think we're one draft class ahead of them. That's what I'm trying to say. There he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, and I think we're going to be able to use those horses to get after Justin Fields, frustrate an already frustrated quarterback, and enough to win. But it's going to look like crap. I think this is going to be something like 20 to 13 Giants. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, they're pretty closely matched roster-wise, but who's the best player on the field for either team? Uh, Andrew Thomas. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Saquon Barkley. Uh, I mean, I guess. yeah. Uh, skill, skill player, yes. Yeah. Saquon and I, Barkley. And I think when you have two teams that are pretty similar, I think, you know, the one that, when you have an advantage of having the best skill player – I think that might be the difference in this. And again, he's the key to my, the key to victory. And I think he's going to play well, well to make a difference. And I think he's going to be the difference in this game. So that's why I'm kind of tilting towards the Giants. Philadelphia versus Jacksonville. Do you believe Ooh. the the Duval hype? Duval, <laughs> that's their thing, right? Duval, Duval count. Do you believe both hypes? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Philly is a Super Bowl contender? And do you believe that Jacksonville is a playoff contender? I think Philadelphia wins this game. They're at home. They want the, the, the Philly faithful will be out to crush their former head coach mm-hmm. in, in, in all fury. Um, I, I, I think that Jacksonville has itself a real head coach for the first time in what feels like a long time. They, he came there where they already had a real quarterback for the first time in a, in a very long time, maybe ever. Has Jacksonville ever had a quarterback I liked? I don't think so. Mark Brunel was pretty good. David Garrard. No, he sucked. Yeah, I know. I have Mark Mark Brunel was good. uh, But you're also talking 1998. Yeah, that was that was when they started. (laughs) That Um, was a little a little grump back then. Yeah. Oh, I remember though. I I have Uh, have memories from before they existed and and so on. mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I I I think that, um, right now, uh. Jacksonville has done enough in this offseason to just kind of throw talent onto a team to like be competitive and Doug Peterson's utilizing that but Philly is a team that has grown together is solid yeah. they are sound in what they're doing they know what they're doing I I still don't truly believe the Jalen Hurts thing uh, I think we'll see that see its end pretty you know over the next couple of years but whatever they have an it factor right now I mean they're just better. They're just better. That's yeah. it. It's not even. It's not. It's not that. Whatever. I, I think Jacksonville is on the right path, but they're on a path. Philadelphia you is know, really walking the path. You know. It's it's funny because you know a year and a half ago we were clowning on Philly as being one of the worst teams in the league. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I still think all of their coaches are dumb. For what it's worth, I just <laughs> think their front office is is smart and they have put together a good team. Mm-hmm. That I mean, like their roster has been—they have been solid on both sides of the ball uh, for the trenches for years now. They have not let it go stale the way the Giants have. Um, 
and and had to re- rebuild like i mean like they they just cycle in tackles it's insane yeah. they've kept that shit together they they have a talented roster i think they've been hindered by dumb coaches and just bad qbs i guess mm-hmm. carson went and i don't think carson Wentz was even bad i think he got broken like he he yeah. i think he literally got injured to the point where he became a bad quarterback so mm-hmm. you know that's what i think but for this we for this year i'm buying the philly hype i think they are a good team for real yes. i'm very excited to watch this game though i mean i think this is going to be you know what, what what time is that a four o'clock game or is that same time so. I, think a, I think it's a one game oh you'll have to rewatch it buddy oh god i mean you know it's bad enough this is the first time in my life because of the hurricane i have a gator game and a giant game on at the exact same time so you know good thing we have espn plus on our phones so we, i can be monitoring you know Hopefully we can survive Eastern Washington, but yeah, we have the Philly game also at one o'clock. It would be, you know, I would not have been upset this week if this was an away game. We can be on the couch watching seven things at once, but we will be at MetLife. We'll be at L16. We'll be in our seats. Um, Washington at Dallas. We will not be at. And uh, do we agree that Dallas wins this game? Washington's no no better than we are. I think Washington's worse. Yeah. I think Washington might be. They may go down as it may be the worst team in the conference by the end of the uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, you think so? They are they are a mess. So are you worried about the uh, C.J. Stroud led Commanders next year? Well, I wouldn't be worried about the C.J. led uh, C.J. Stroud led in twenty twenty three, but I could be potentially worried about them being led in twenty twenty five with that guy. Which brings us to college weekend. Um, mm-hmm. This weekend kind of blows uh, in terms of wanting to watch head-to-head prospects, I think. Um, there's just – games are spread, but they're fun games to watch. So I'm kind of not really going to be too much on prospect watch. I might just sit back and enjoy watching football. But I think my best chance for, for head-to-head stuff is the Pac-12 game with Oregon and uh, Stanford. Stanford has a, a corner I really like, so – Q Blue Kelly, I want to see how he stacks up. I want to hear you say his name five times really fast. (laughs) I mean, I I think you can just say Q Kelly. There you go. (laughs) But whatever. Um, Uh, I, because after the Monday night game and the fact that I had to deal with my apartment potentially blowing away this week in St. Pete, no worries, no damage, everybody's safe, everybody's good. And the Gator game moving to Sunday – I did absolutely zero research on any other college game this week, so I will be just uh, I'll be on the couch watching a bunch of good SEC and ACC games. I think you know the NC ACC. And, yeah, NC State and Clemson was one that I'm that I'm probably going to watch. That's a really good one. Florida State and Wake we, Forest is a really good one. Yeah, I think this is where we're going to start to see who the pretenders are and who the actual legit. I mean, Florida State, they're four and zero, but you know they've been chirping about how how. They have a great schedule, even though we've actually played the three top ten teams, not them. Um, but I, I want to see how they actually step up in competition and, and see that Wake Forest quarterback. What, what's his name? Sam Hartman. Yeah. I, I, I like see, Their oh. wide receiver, A.T. Perry, is someone seriously to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's really good. He didn't do shit last week other than draw like major holding penalties, where it's Flor- like clear that he was going to blow past guys. Florida State is – their defense is like the sum is great. The parts are actually greater than their sum. They have a really good um, defensive lineman, a, a transfer, um, you know, but they have 
they can be gashed. So it, uh, that'd be a good matchup to see just how good Florida State actually is and also how good Wake Forest actually is too. There's a lot of there's, – there's some Big Ten games. Um, I was I, I might watch Michigan State-Maryland. That'd be kind of fun. Wisconsin's playing Illinois. I know that sounds stupid, but I don't know. I think that's kind of fun. Um, yeah. LSU, LSU-Auburn is really the, the, the main one I'm probably going to end up watching <laughs> in the daytime. That, that is purely for watching NFL talent as opposed to two good teams. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a great weekend for uh, – yeah, I don't know. But I, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I, will be, I will be keying in mostly in the Oregon-Stanford game and then really just kicking back and uh, enjoying my Saturday for up until yeah. that moment. And then a week, from, uh, a week from tonight, Grump, we will be on a plane. That's right, leaving going on a to, jet plane. Going to London. We will be there... Uh, not sure of all of you out there who else is going, but you know, I, we will talk. I, we were invited to a uh, a thing on Saturday night where some of the London Giant fans are meeting up at a pub. So we will be there. Uh, we'll we'll give you more information about that next week's show. And if anybody has any tickets to that game, extra ones. <laughs> we need four. <laughs> Grump, myself, uh, Mrs. Grump, and Mrs. Crank are. Uh, we're making a big trip, and we need tickets. So if anybody out there has any access to tickets, we will pay. We just need to have access. So help us out. We will take care of you on, on the back end when we come back stateside. But uh, starting out there now. Yeah, it would be cool to actually go to the game. But honestly, I'm just stoked to be there in the fervor. But I, I, I really do want to I want to be in the stadium. I want to see this thing. This is going to be yeah. so much fun. Uh, for, we'll get our hands on tickets. So yeah, for anybody anybody who hasn't gone to this will be my third London game for the Giants. And it really feels – it has the feeling of a Super Bowl or a bowl game where you have in the stands – because a lot of you know, expats from all over – or uh, Patriots from all over the, the, the continent are coming over. So you might see 32 different jerseys in the stands. You'll see Americans and people who are learning the sport. They have a huge fan fest set up around um, the stadium. Uh, this is at Tottenham, which is my football, uh, my soccer team. So it's a cool old neighborhood like uh, Wrigleyville. Um, so, yeah, I, I know that I know we're talking about next week's game now, but I want to start getting those preparations and. You know, whoever of you are going, let us know so we can make up, make plans to meet up when we're over there. It's not, not too soon to start planning a tailgate. Damn right. All right, so that's next week. This week, though, we will see you um, at the game Sunday, 1 o'clock at MetLife. See you there or be a loser. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at football underscore grump, at the cranky fan, this show on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Google Play, iTunes, etc., Tell a friend, uh, get them to stop by, check out the show. We're fun. Um, yeah. And uh, we will see you at the game. Until then, go Giants. Go Giants.